where the Reverend E. Theophilus Cavanis is our pastor and Reverend Theophilus James Cavanis Sr. is our co-pastor. Our assisting ministers are Reverend Patrick Lee Robinson, Reverend Hilton O. Smith, Minister Cassandra Bledsoe, and Minister Rhonda Lawrence. Our technicians for the morning are Deaconess Stefana Cavanis and Brother Matthew Parnell. Our musicians are Tramel Yarbrough, director of both the Sanctuary Choir and Gospel Choir, Mark Thompson, organist, Shelly Wheeler, pianist, and Elliot Lanier, percussionist. Grace, grace, God's awesome grace. Oh, how marvelous he gives it to me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. The Sanctuary Choir now sings Awesome Grace.
God is great, and he's greatly to be praised. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done, he is merciful, he's wonderful, he is wonderful, he's marvelous, forever and ever and ever and ever, he is great. And now the gospel choir sings, and he's greatly to be praised.
God is merciful. There is no way I can live without him. There is no way I can go on. Burdens are too much for me to bear. They got a little bit too strong. And I can't live without them. I have tried to make it. I have tried over and over. The gospel choir now sings, there is no way.
radio friends. Dismiss your scattering thoughts. Draw in your wandering minds and listen attentively as Pastor E. Theophilus Cavanis bring forth the word of God. Just before the pastor brings forth the word of God, co-pastor T.J. Cavanis will lift his voice in song. Join us each first and fourth Sunday at 11.45 a.m. live on WABQ 1460 on your dial. Remember, only what you do for Christ will last. Nehemiah 8 and 5 says, and when he opened the book, all the people stood up. There's a word in the book of Job. And I want to talk to us a few minutes from the subject, when one storm comes right after another. When one storm comes right after another. In Job 1.18 it says, while he was yet speaking, there came also and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell you about it. In Job 14 and 1 it says, man that is born of a woman is of a few days. Somebody said a few days. Few days and full of trouble. I wish you'd be kind enough to turn to your neighbor and tell them when one storm comes after another, I want to make sure that my soul is anchored in the Lord. Is anchor. My brothers and my sisters, life is filled with what the Bible describes as storms. The minute I read and cogitate, the minute I pondered it, I immediately picked up the dictionary to secure a definition of a storm. And the definition told me in the dictionary that a storm is an atmospheric disturbance characterized by a strong wind, usually accompanied by rain, sleet, snow, hail, and often thunder and lightning. And I was not satisfied with that theoretical answer. I responded to the dictionary by informing it that you don't know what a storm is. Can I get a witness here? A storm is anything that moves violently and tumultuously in your life, in your living, that causes you extreme disruption, causes you extreme distress, pain, upheaval, 
sorrow, dissolution, and disintegration. What does the dictionary know about a storm? The dictionary ain't never lived life, doesn't know what life is, and what real life is all about. The dictionary ain't never been in a storm. If you've never been in a storm, then you don't know anything what it's all about. Every life, come on, help me, Holy Ghost. Every life is filled with storms. Sometimes a series of storms, and sometimes they occur one after another. And it's on the way. Help me, Holy Ghost. And how, as I always say, if you have not experienced any storm, don't close the book. Can I get a witness? Don't close the book, just keep on living. Life has some storms for you. And sometimes they happen, one right after another. The prophet Job, you know him, don't you? Don't you? Well, he said rightly, man that is born of a woman is of a few days. That doesn't take long, full of trouble. The term full of trouble means that once the storms start coming, don't expect any sudden let up. Sometimes storms come back to back, exemplifying a vivid picture of human life. It's just about every phase of human endeavor. We encounter often one storm after another. Sometimes they'll occur on the domestic scene. As soon as you pay the last note on your home and you begin to celebrate, being out of debt, you look up at the ceiling and you see a little wet spot. Can I get a witness here? You see a little wet spot. And when you examine that wet spot closely, can I get a witness? Come on, help me, Clay Brooks. You stole my thunder the other day. Come on, help me. When you examine that, that closely, you'll discover that you gotta put a brand new roof on the house. Are y'all listening to me? And as soon as you get that taken care of, you look at the tires on your automobile. And you notice that they have become as smooth as a baby's skin. That means you need a new set of tires. And as soon as you pay for them, your battery will go dead. Y'all ain't helping me this morning. As soon as you get the battery fixed, you find out your brakes have gone out. It's just one storm after another. And would you believe it if I told you it's the same way in the church? On a special day when you have special guests and you want to make a good impression, your air condition system won't work. When it finally comes on, the public address system will start squealing. And when you get that fixed, and everything seemed to be in order, somebody who is full of the devil will get up and make some offensive mark, remarks which sets everybody on edge and throws a monkey wrench into the whole worship service. I tell you, it's one storm after another. Well, if you think you've had a deal of series of storms in your life, if you think you've experienced one storm after another, I have a friend I want you to meet. 
His name is Job. Y'all know him, don't you? And if you would listen to him talk about a storm he had to face, one right after another, you might just find out that your storm were not as bad as you thought they were. Even the people who live through Hurricane Katrina, Ophelia, Rita, and Maria, often after listening to this man's story, might come to realize that their storms were relatively small, minutia, minute. Let me tell you about my friend Job. As far as mortal beings are concerned, Job was a star of first magnitude. He come pretty close to being in a class all by himself. The Bible says he was perfect and he eschewed evil. First, he was a God-fearing man who was upright and spiritually mature. He did those things which were honorable, were decent and noble, and he stayed away from those activities which were base and evil. Things were, that were nefarious and wicked. Job was blessed with a fine family. He and Mrs. Job were the proud parents of seven handsome sons and three beautiful daughters. And in addition to the Job family, being a large family, it was a very closely knit family. The brothers would take turns and sponsor banquets and they would invite their sisters and their families to come and dine with them. Now, if you think you have a sizable nest egg and a few dollars in the bank, let me tell you about my friend Joe. He was fabulously wealthy. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 donkeys. Can you imagine how much real estate he had, how much land, how much acres, and how many grazing pastures he took to accommodate all those animals? And can you imagine just how many servants were required to manage his estate? Job was a cattle rancher in the truest sense of the form. He was a farmer who produced a great harvest, and he was an astute businessman. You see, in addition to Brother Job being a farmer and a cattle rancher, Job was in the transportation business, Reggie. There's no way a man would have 3,000 camels just standing around doing nothing. Those camels were for hire, and they were used to transport goods from one place to another. When a man owned 3,000 camels, that was tantamount to owning a large fleet of 18 wheelers today. So in terms of wealth, Job was the Jeff Bezos of this day. He was at the top of the list of Forbes 400. Indeed, he was a multi-billionaire. Help me, Holy Ghost. Now, there was one thing about Job which you cannot go unnoticed. He was so devoutly religious that he made what I call in the event sacrifices for one of his children. Can I get a witness here today? Here's what I'm talking about. On the morning after one of those elaborate banquets provided by one of his sons and attended by the other sons and daughters, Job would get up early in the morning and make a burnt offering to God just in case one of his sons or daughters might have committed a sin or have harbored some evil thought during the banquet. Are y'all with me? 
or think about it. Job was in essence saying, Lord, I have not had it reported to me that any of my sons or daughters participated in any wrongdoing acts last evening. But I know boys will be boys and girls will be girls. So just in case, just in the event, one of them got out of the straight and narrow path for just a brief moment, I want to offer you brunch sacrifice to cover their sins. Can I get a witness? You know, that's just like me going down the city hall and paying a $100 fine just in case one of my children is caught exceeding the speed limit. Now, that ain't happening with me. Do the crime, do the time. But not Joe. He was a man after God's own heart. So that's the kind of man Job was. He was a combination of wealth and religious piety. He was a composite of righteousness and material prosperity. And you know, my brothers and my sisters, that's a combination which the devil cannot stand. When the devil looks at a man and sees that he has a pocket full of money and a heart full of love, he will do everything within his power to destroy him. This is precisely what the devil did to Job. When Satan observed that Brother Job was the most religious man as well as the most affluent in the nation, he went to God and got God's permission to destroy Brother Job. And of course, God having utmost confidence in Job granted Satan's request with one stipulation. He could strip him of all his possessions, but he could not take his life. Oh, Job didn't know it, but he had been, as somebody said, picked out to be picked on. And it was just a short while after that that Job began to experience one storm after another. I said earlier, if you think that you've experienced a series of storms in rapid succession, let me tell you about my friend, Brother Job. One day, which began as though it was going to be a routine day, isn't that the way it is? All of a sudden, it took a turn for the worse. A messenger rushed into Job's house with some devastating news. Listen to what he said. He said, Mr. Job, your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians, a notorious gang of Arabia, raided the farm, they drove away all the animals. They killed all the farmhands except me. And I am the only one left to tell you about it. Now that's what I call a stone. When you learn all of a sudden that you've lost a great portion of your farm animals and that many of your employees have been killed, that's a real storm, y'all. That's at least a category two hurricane. Can I get a witness? And while this messenger was still speaking, another one arrived with more bad news. One storm after another. The five God, he said, had fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the herdmen, and I alone have escaped to tell you about it. Before that man finished, another messenger rushed in and another sad story. He said, three bands of Chaldeans, those Babylonian outlaws, have driven off all of your camels and killed all of the other camel drivers, and I'm the only one left. 
that's a storm of bad news was tantamount to a category five hurricane. But as soon as Job was about to recover from those three storms, another man rushed in and told him about a sure enough storm. This must have been a category 10 tornado. Listen to what the man said. Said, Brother Job, sit down and hold on to something. I have you some bad news, some bad news. Your sons and daughters were having a banquet in the eldest, oh, eldest son's house. They were having the time of their lives when all of a sudden a tornado swept down out of nowhere. That mighty whirlwind picked up your son's house and off the ground and tore it into splinters. It killed all your sons and all your daughters and all the other servants and I'm the only one left. Oh, you talk about one storm right after another. You talk about being hit with a hurricane, a cyclone, typhoon or tornado all in one day? That's what happened to Brother Job. In the space of one day, he was reduced from the richest man in town to the poorest man in town. One day he was filthy rich, and the next day he was dirt poor. When the day began, he had it all. When the day ended, he had nothing. One day he had seven sons and three daughters, the next day he was down at the funeral home picking out cast, tin caskets. One storm after another had reduced his status from the very top of the ladder down to the bottom. Well, let me tell you how Job handled this troubling situation. When all of these adverse circumstances began to take place in Job's life, Satan was standing around the corner. Isn't it like that? Taking notes so that he could run back and tell God, I told you so. Satan just knew that when the last messenger came in and told him that his sons and daughters had been killed, he was going to break, fail, fall apart, and curse God to his face. But what Satan did not know, are y'all gonna help me? What Satan did not know, was that Job had his soul anchored in the Lord. And because of this, he did not allow his grief to get the best of him. He did not become emotional and make irrational statements in the midst of untold sorrow and bitter disappointment. He held himself together and maintained his dignity as well as his ultimate trust in God. Listen to Job. Listen to this man who has experienced one storm after another. Listen, this is what he said. When I came into this world, I was naked. And when I leave, I'm going to be naked. When I was born, I had no earthly possession. And when I die, I have no earthly possession. When I came out of my mother's womb and was laid in my crib, there was no U-Haul attached to it. And when I'm placed in my casket and carried to the cemetery, there won't be any U-Haul falling behind. You ain't never seen a brakes truck behind a hearse. Can I get a witness here? When God gave me my sheep, my camels, my oxen, and my donkeys, I did not question him as to just why he was doing what he did. So now that he has taken all of them away, I'm not going to call him into question. 
when God blessed me and Mrs. Joe with seven sons and three daughters, I didn't ask him why he had been so generous in my blessing. So now that he has taken them back to himself, I'm not gonna ask him for an explanation. On those days when the sun was shining in my life, I didn't question God's direction. So now that the storms have come right behind one another, I'm not gonna argue with my decisions. So I'll tell you what I'm gonna say. This is my response. The Lord had given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord handed down and the Lord has picked up. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord distributed and the Lord repossessed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's storm came one right after another and I would be derelict in my sermonic duty if before I go to my seat, tell you his exact words after every storm. The first storm caused him to lose all his property. His response was, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we'll carry nothing out. In the second storm, he lost his family and his loved one. In his great grief, he rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshiped God. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But then the third storm came wherein Job lost his health. He this, to this he responded with these words, what shall we receive good? At the hand of God, shall we not also receive evil? The next storm came and he lost his reputation and good name. You know his so-called friends, a lot of us got those kind of friends. Eliphaz the Timite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namanite. Job cried out, oh, that I knew where I might find him. Behold, I've gone forward and he's not there and backward and I can't perceive him. But I tell you this, when he had tried me, I'm gonna come forth as gold. The last storm came from his wife. You saw him suffering. She saw him suffering in pain. He said to him that I tell you, Job, you ought to just curse God and die. You see how he's treating you. You see what he's done to you. But I tell you what Job said. Job said, you talk like a foolish woman. Can I get some help here? You talk like a foolish woman. I know that my redeemer lived and after the skin one destroyed his body, yet beside my flesh shall I see God. Listen to him when he said, though he slay me, yet, somebody say yet. Though he slay me, yet, yet will I trust him. In the midst of dealing with one storm after another, Job maintained his integrity. He held on to his faith. Oh, there's a whole lot more to this story, but I believe the point had been made that life is filled with a series of storms. Sometimes they occur in rapid succession, one storm after another. If you have not experienced any storm, I tell you, just keep on living. Job himself said, a man that's born of a woman is a full day full of trouble. The full of trouble means that once the storms start coming, don't expect any letter. Today, you may have to face a storm of loneliness. 
Tomorrow you may be called to face a storm of criticism. The next day you may find yourself dealing with a storm of rejection. Before the week is over, you'll know the meaning of a storm one right after another. I'm almost through now, but before I go to my seat, I want to recommend to you to be sure that your soul is anchored in the Lord. You see, there's no way you can prevent the storm from coming, but I like the way one man expressed it. He said, but, hallelujah, and I tell you, that's the biggest but of all. He said, but if the storm don't cease and the wind keep on blowing in my life, my soul, oh, y'all ain't helping me. My soul has been anchored in the law. That means I've gotten my hand in God's hand. That means I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. That I've been led by the Holy Spirit. And I tell you again, villas may roll. Breakers may dash. I shall not stray because he holds me fast. So dark today, cloud in the sky. I know it's right for Jesus is now. My soul had been anchored in the Lord. When the storms start coming, when the storms start coming, one after another, make sure that your soul make sure that your soul is anchored in the Lord. Let the billows come. Let the breakers dash. But my soul, my soul.